Hey, what's good, everybody? It's me, your hero, Benjamin Banks, and you're listening to a brand new episode of Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. Joining me is all... Try, try... What, what happened to Dave? He's gone. What? <laughs> like, how, he just... Come on, man. Like, bro, he was just here. I don't know what happened. Bro. I, well, I mean, guys, I mean... You know, D, I, I mean, he's been saving the world. We don't know what happened, man. He, he, it might be the Speed Force again. I, I'm assuming it's the Speed Force. I'm just going to say it's the Speed Force. We but know it's the Speed Force or it's Michael. Yes, yeah, it's, it's one of the other. Uh, you know, it's me, your hero, Benjamin Banks. And then, of course, Triple T. We got to start with the Triple T. It's the double O-T, you know, what? So triple T, double double T. Oh my God, I'm all butchering it up. Double O T. Terrific trials. That's what it's all about. I I mean, I really like Triple T though. Yeah, you know, Trav's here with me, man. Trav, how you doing today, man? Man, I'm chilling. It's hot. It's hot out here. I don't know what the hell going on, but bro, you walk outside and the oxygen is just gone. (laughs) Yeah, it's gone. Yo, hey, we we just got the AC fixed in the house, so it's a, it's a, it's a lot cooler over here now. But bro. I see it blowing. I see that poster blowing. See the that uh, or the water no, blowing. No, no. Uh, no, I still I still got the fan on. You know, hey, that's still one of my biggest fears. Is uh uh oh yeah, I already told the story about the uh, the water bug trying to kill me. Yeah, I already told. Mm, it's gotten you before on this podcast. So it, it, it has, it has. <laughs> but um, anyway. Uh, joining us today, you know, this is somebody, she's an awesome person. She's a mm-hmm. voice actor. And, uh, you know, she, it's like we've we've crossed paths in the ether. But, but, you know, things finally aligned. And, you know, she's here. Yeah, that's right. And she's not anywhere. She's here. She ain't just here. And, and I got to say this real quick before you announce ahead. the name. When you look at, you know, what are your, the professional photos of her versus yeah. when, like, you meet her. To, like, she looks serious, you know, in the professional photos and stuff. And then you meet her and, you know, it's just like, it's nothing but laughs and giggles. Uh-huh. You know, smiles. Smiles. Having a good time. You know, that we like to smile up here. Uh-huh. Just like that movie that's coming out called Smile. Smile. Uh-huh. Isn't that a Kirk Franklin song? Smile. The only smile song I know is by Cottonmouth Kings. Okay. I can't sing those lyrics on here. Yeah, just just take it easy. But no, but that's voice actor Marissa Duran. And, uh, you know, I can't wait until we give her a call. But before we do, please make sure that you rate and subscribe to all of our stuff on podcasts, wherever you listen to it at. You know, follow us, hit that subscribe button on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. Give us that five stars. Leave a review. You know, give us, uh, let us know what you like about the podcast. Let us know what you don't like. You know, give us some critiques. We're always open to, uh, you know, hearing what you guys think about us and whatnot. And then also, too, make sure that you uh, check us out at Superstar Anime at the Virginia Beach Convention Center. We'll be there this summer, uh, August 13th through the 14th. And uh, if you're cosplaying, come up to the table. We'll interview you or just stop by and say what's up. I love you guys. Come get a picture with your boy. You know, come bring your boys a popsicle. You know, you know what I'm saying? Popsicles. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, if I ask you a question, be like, you know, if Trav was right here in front of you right now, what would you ask him? And you could be like, take me out to dinner. And I'd be like, hey, yo, you know what I'm saying? So I, mean, I don't know that. Yes. Yeah, well, I'll show you the video. But anyway, I also 
please, 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 again, like I said, subscribe, all that good stuff. Come see us at Superstar Anime. And then now, here's a word from our sponsors. Golden Eat Tattoo. You can find them at 3109 Airline Boulevard, Portsmouth, Virginia, for all your nerd-related tattoos. Leading the area, that is Miss Denise and her team. If you call over there and you mention leveling up banks, you get 10% off your tattoo. That number is going to be 757-465-1010. Call them today. We are joined by, you know, somebody who is phenomenal. They're an actress. They do stuff on film, theater, voiceover work. And that is Marissa Duran. Marissa, how are you doing today? Hello, I am good. I I had two like recording that. sessions earlier and now I'm here. So it's just a day of voiceover. Hey. hey. That's what we like, man. You know, you, you stay busy. It's just like you get the business out of the way and now right. it's time to party. Yeah, yeah, we don't exactly. have a good time up here on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. And after this, I'm just going to play video games. So there you go. Hey, and after this, I'm heading to the gym. Hey, it's crazy. Like I had hit Marissa up the other day and and I what I said it was like 2 a.m. in the morning. Yes. I was like, yeah, I'm just finishing up at the gym, but I, I'll send you the link uh, tomorrow. <laughs> so, Marissa, the first question that we always ask all of our guests up here is, what is your origin story? Every hero or villain has one. So tell everybody who you are. Oh, I like it. Do we begin at the very beginning? The very beginning. <laughs> I mean, you can start where you were under the sea and then you came out of the ocean and like the water, the sea, it parted both the water ways. Water bugs were chasing you. Excellent. <laughs> I like it. Um, let me think. Well, I can give you like the uh, TLDR version. So uh, back in second grade, my mom enrolled me in like a summer theater variety camp. And we did a whole bunch of stuff where we like learned dances to different songs. Like we learned to dance to Twist and Shout. And then we did some like, <laughs> uh, I know, right? And then we did some like... Um, little scene writing exercises and then we performed them. And of course I ended in like one big performance. And of course, none of us realized like how much I was going to enjoy that. But as soon as the camp was finished, I was like, I want to do more. So that got me started. And I did theater all through elementary school at different places. And then in middle school, they started offering it in school. So I did that. Um, and then I got super burned out because I did been doing it for so long without stopping. So at the end of eighth grade, I went into high school and I was like, okay, I'm going to do choir instead. So, um, I did choir and drill team. And then at the end of that year, I saw one of the productions at my high school and I was like, oh no, I missed that. <laughs> so I started doing theater again, um, and did it all through high school after that. And then was really, really lucky. And my parents were like, you can pursue this in college. So I got my BFA in acting from TCU in Fort Worth. And um, I mainly just did theater. Um, and I kind of discovered the film and TV world while I was in college and did some student film work. And then it wasn't until either my senior year or right after I graduated college that I got into voiceover. Um, and it was super random at the time. Funimation, which is now Crunchyroll, used to do these big cattle call auditions. And I was subscribed to this theater newsletter that each week put out a big email and was like, these are the auditions coming up. And I guess somehow Funimation put like their casting call in there. And I was like, cool. Well, it's like a five minute audition and I don't know anything about voiceover, but I like auditions. So I signed up and I showed up and did, um, a, you had, they like had a male voices and a female voices binder. And you just picked the one that you felt more comfortable with. And then you had to choose three different sides out of it. And then you went in and recorded them. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Um, and I didn't hear anything from them for like 
at least six months. And in the theater world, if you don't hear from someone within like a week or two, it's like, well, I didn't book it. So I assumed it was the same way. Um, but then, you know, a few months passed and I had forgotten all about the thing. And then all of a sudden I get an email being like, hey, can you come in to record Walla? And my first thought was, what's Walla? <laughs> so that was fun. Um, they thought you knew the terms already. They did. Uh, yeah. So I learned that pretty quickly because I was thrown into a session at the time, um, you know, because it was in person with multiple right. people once. What so, year was this, if you don't mind me asking? It was either 2015 or 2016. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I got to work with some folks that I had never met before, but they had been doing Walla before. So right. I was like, okay, cool. Well, at least someone knows how to show me the ropes. Mm. So yeah, that was, that's, now here that's we are. <laughs> now I, there's one little detail that you forgot to bring up. I don't know why it wasn't mentioned, but we didn't, we didn't even, we just skipped past the Barney song, you know? Oh yeah. I, I was excited that we were going to get to the Barney song and Oh yeah. Drove right on past. We, we like have pictures of it, but mm -hmm. I I don't know that we have video, which is funny. But yeah, that was I mean, basically I was obsessed with Barney growing up. And uh anytime it would come on, I would dance around to the Barney theme song. I have um I have an 11 and a 9-year-old and I was showing them there's like a compilation video of like shows from the 90s, like Eureka's Castle. And Gullah Gullah Island, like Barney, obviously. And like, it plays like the theme song and they go to the next one and they do the opening song. And, you know, I was jamming. Like, you know, they, they brought up that lamb chop. Yep. And I was like, all right, there we go. But yeah, that's a hell of an origin story. Yeah, it's weird. I, I think about it now and I'm like, if you'd asked me like 10 years ago, if I thought I'd be doing voiceover, I would have laughed. And mm -hmm. then like, no way. I'm going to be on Broadway. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, that, that was an awesome origin story. Sorry about that. Um, but no, something that I wanted to piggyback off of was when you were mentioning when you went in for the auditions and because uh, I took some voiceover classes with uh, voiceover artist Matthew David Rudd and you could check out his interview. It is up here on our YouTube channel or you can listen to it on the podcast. And like, that was something that he had us doing in the class. It's like, you could choose if you want to do male, female, uh, non-binary, video game. There are so many choices that you could choose from. And um, I highly recommend his classes, everybody that's watching and listening. Um, he's a very good teacher. And, uh, you know, look him up. Like, he's done a lot of cool look stuff in his right career there. so far. But um, I just think that that's awesome that you went in for the audition and you didn't know if you got it or not. And then they called you back and bam the rest is history and i also like when you were talking about how you didn't really you know know if you wanted to do it and it wasn't even on your mind until you got into college and you know something that we hear with a lot of guests up here is how you know they started off in theater and like they were already huge nerds and whatnot and they wanted to get into voice acting or um you know sometimes it's like they, they get into voice acting but it's like they still want to do theater and it's hard juggling those and i just want to ask you like, how hard was it when, because you you were huge in the theater and whatnot, and, you know, now you're doing voiceover work. Like, how hard is it trying to juggle that life? Is it like being a superhero and 
you got to pick and choose. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like it. And it feels like I need like titanium vocal cords. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> right now it's, it's interesting. I'm actually, so I'm rehearsing for my first musical in 10 years. Like I haven't done a musical since high school. Oh, wow. um, nice. Yeah. So it's really exciting and I'm, I'm loving the process, but I'm realizing, you know, it, there's some wear and tear on your vocal cords, especially, you know, if you have to go in and do some walla screaming villagers for their town yeah. getting burned down and then that night you have to go and hit some high a's as mm-hmm. you know you're singing a song in a musical mm-hmm. um so i'm learning a lot um about good vocal technique um both in the booth and in the rehearsal process because we're also rehearsing in masks so to an extent there's almost like this kind of like pushing to make sure that we're heard through the masks and over the music that's playing right um so it's it's interesting. It's it's kind of like some vocal acrobatics happening. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm I'm staying hydrated. I'm trying to not drink any alcohol because I'm like I know that dehydrates me. But I still have to have my coffee in the morning. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a good learning process because I haven't done a musical in a long time. Um, and for the most part, like I do maybe like one theater show or two a year. And with mm-hmm. COVID, it really slowed down. So I was able to yeah. focus more on voiceover. But I, I'm learning I'm really going to have to, like, pick and choose what shows I want to do because voiceover is becoming my thing. And yeah. I want it to continue to be my thing and I want to be healthy about it. Um, so if I want to stick with it, I'm like, I got to I gotta make some sacrifices somewhere to make sure that I can maintain this career. Now, are you just doing local theater? For now, yeah. Okay, yep, so yep. you're done with the traveling altogether. Yeah, I... I've never really done like theater elsewhere. It's always mm-hmm. been local. Um, it would be cool to do it elsewhere, but I'm also like, I don't know, like that would interfere with like my recording schedule. Even if I have a remote set up with me, like it's not the same. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was just about to bring up that, uh, you know, doing stuff remote, like it definitely helps out because it's like, you can go wherever you want to go in the world. But like you said, you don't know if it's going to help out with you because you already have your own setup and, you know, it's different recording from home and whatnot. And like, do you prefer recording from home or do you like going to an actual studio to record? Oh man. It, it varies so wildly because I love being able to like, cause I, I have a regular day job too. And I work in marketing. So my boss nice. is super cool. And he's like, yeah, you can work from home. And then I'll be like, okay, I'm clocking out now. I'm going to go into my closet for my session. I'll be back in five <laughs> minutes. Like, so it's, it's super easy to not have to hop in my car and drive 40 minutes to the studio. Right, yeah. um, but at the same time, I do really like the camaraderie of being in the studio. Um, when I still wear my mask like everywhere in there because I'm like, I don't want to risk it. I don't want to risk someone else getting it and me not knowing yeah. that I even have it. Um, and I like seeing people. And some of these people, it's like I'm meeting them for the first time since I ever started working with them because I met them maybe two years ago on Twitter. And now it's like, Oh, you're a real person. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's nice to put like a face to the name and to get to actually talk to people and to not have to worry about game staging my own work and let the engineer do what they're going to do. But at the same time, I've learned a lot of really valuable, useful information being my own engineer. So it's a, it's a mixed bag. Well, let's talk about that for a little bit. Cause you know, Anytime we can get into the the nerd talk of stuff, and I didn't expect you to mention game stage. And now I just always assumed y'all kind of just recorded what you recorded and sent the sessions over. I know I don't know what your particular rig is. I know a lot of y'all use Adobe Audition, but yeah. So t- talk to me about that. What are they having y'all do as far as and what are you working on as far as your game staging and sending back to them? 
Yeah. So that's, it's been really interesting. I've learned a lot about audio editing and about my own rig just over the last few months. Mm -hmm. Um, I was working with Bang Zoom recently and they do things very differently than even Crunchyroll did when we were doing remote. So it's been a really interesting learning process. Um, I've learned a lot about my, um, my mic and my interface seem to be pretty quiet to other people, but to me, it can sound kind of loud. So usually having my gain at like a six or a seven sounds like a normal volume to other people. So that's something I've had to get used to because to me, that looks like it would be loud. Um, And so from there, I'm like, okay, so if that's my average volume, then to be quiet doesn't need to be as high of a gain for them to hear me. Um, But also if I'm yelling, like I don't have to turn it all the way down. Uh, So that's been interesting. Um, I've learned a lot about, um, how, like if you open zoom first and then you open source connect sometimes like your mic can connect to zoom first and then it interferes with your audio. And it's just like, there's so much technically that I didn't know about or understand before. And I'm slowly figuring it out. Um, but I still use, <laughs> I still use audacity for my dog because I'm a noob. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have it down to a science in my head. So it's like really easy for me. And if I were to try and download audition and pay for it, I'd be like, Oh no, I have to learn this now. So I know at some point I'll make the jump. I just haven't done it yet. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a, a lot that, uh, you know, goes into, you know, learning anything, you know what I'm saying? And I know we just interviewed, uh, you know, Austin Tyler, who is a, you know, mix engineer and whatnot. And, uh, you know, like, like Trav was saying, it's always awesome when you find out, you know, other things behind the scenes, other than, you know, because we interview voice actors all the time and actors and whatnot. But when you learn about, you know, the stuff when it comes to putting the sound together and, you know, mm-hmm. matching the, the mouth flaps and all that other stuff, it's always interesting to learn about that type of stuff. Something I wanted to piggyback off of what you were saying for, um, you know, preparing for the musical and whatnot and, you know, just making sure that you're not drinking any alcohol and whatnot. I'm the same way when it comes to wrestling shows coming up, because I'm going to be wrestling uh, in this month and at the end of the month. And, you know, one of the things that I always stress is just like, I can't have any alcohol. I got to make sure that I eat the right foods and all that stuff, because it's like, you just want to be able to, you know, look the part and be at your best. And if you have that one drink or have that one food that you really want, like sometimes it can mess up a lot of stuff, you know? Yeah, it's no, so weird. See, I don't know. I, I work behind the scenes. I can do whatever the hell I want. That's <laughs> fair. Even though I'm not a drinker, you know, I, I stay with the high-quality H2O. Uh-huh. You know yeah, I don't have mine right what now. you want, though. <laughs> nah, I don't have my water. I, I, I meant to bring it in here with me tonight. Hey, and, as long uh, as you got the remote. Yeah, hey, I, hey, I stay with the remote. I always stay with the remote. <laughs> so, Marissa, something I want to ask you now was, how was it when you got into your first voice acting gig? Oh, man. So I guess technically, so my very first one was a Lala session. Um, and I don't remember a whole lot from it other than I felt like I was way in over my head because I had absolutely no training in voiceover. Um, Do you remember who was there with you? Not entirely. I kind I don't know why, but I feel like Rachel Thompson might have been one of them, but I could also be wrong. But I know that she was in one of my like earlier sessions. Um, yeah, I sure wish I remembered it. I wish I like wrote it down, but I I don't remember. But they had Shame done Walla before. And so right. I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to learn from people that know what's up. And I learned pretty quickly that like when it comes to Walla, 
a lot of it, like their mouths aren't as specific. And so you can be a little more lax with what it sounds like. So it's a really great way to learn how to do ADR. Um, And then, yeah, I want to say it was probably just like an hour worth of Walla. Um, And it was for a show called Showman Sample. Um, So yeah, that was fun. Because it was just a bunch of girls like being girls and like fawning over a guy and i think there's like one episode where they go to this like mcdonald's and none of them have ever been to like a fast food restaurant before um yeah. so they're just making like all of these shock noises it was yeah good times <laughs> so you know getting into like your first actual like speaking role like where you you weren't doing walla like how was that so crazy um i always love telling the story because people are like wait really um but I was cat sitting for a friend the weekend that I got the audition for Hordemia. Um, and so I was literally staying at their house and they're like, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes away from me. Mm-hmm. But I still waited until the last minute to record this audition because I was like, <laughs> I mean, what it's an Okay. Um, so I, it was like 11 o'clock on Sunday night and it was due Monday morning. So I drive home and I record it at 11 o'clock at night and I auditioned for, um, Hori and I auditioned for um, Kono, Sakura. Um, and I was like, if anything, I'll get Sakura because she is like not a lead. And I was like, I don't really have any practice with like main roles. So that's like a good stepping stone. So I, I set my goal like very low because um, I was like, I, I don't expect anything. Like right. I'm yeah. just auditioning. That's my job. Um, so I submitted it and then I think it was on Thursday of that week. Um, I was working at Starbucks at the time and it was like, I don't know, noon and it was, it had slowed down a little bit. So I pulled out my phone, I was checking my email and I got an email from Funimation and they were like, Hey, um, can you come record with Caitlin on Hordimia tomorrow, um, for Kyoko Hordi? And it didn't register. I was like, what character is that? <laughs> so I literally, I literally had to Google it. And then I was like, Oh my God. Uh-huh. So then I was like, um, I need to go in the back and respond to this email. Is that okay? My boss was like, yeah, that's cool. So I went in the back and like said, okay, I can do that. And then I was like, (laughs) I was like, I didn't, what? I didn't know anything about the show. I didn't know it was such a big deal. Like I had no idea. (laughs) So that's how it goes in anime when you are a bit of an outsider. Yeah. No idea. since it was during COVID, um, they were still in their old, old studio at the time, but they were their um, COVID protocol were really, really strict. So I was the only person, like there was a security guard that would let you in. And there were maybe a few other random people like in a booth in a particular like room. Right. But I was the only per- like the engineer and the director were both in their houses. So I was the only person in that particular studio. So everything was just audio. Like I didn't see them. I didn't like, so it, it was kind of like a a weird like dissociation kind of yeah, thing. It sounds, it, was like, it sounds like a horror movie. Yeah, <laughs> it was so weird. I was like, is this really happening? Like, are we sure this is a am I being punked? Like <laughs> Bro, <laughs> my first who, thought came who, like Scream Three when they're in like the movie studio. <laughs> it's yeah. just um well, we had just interviewed uh Robert Bach- Boxdale. Uh-huh. And yeah. he was telling us uh what what was it for the famous it was, Jet Jackson? It was when he went to audition for the famous Jet Jackson in some random warehouse it, in It was Canada. like a warehouse. <laughs> That's yeah. so sketch. I would have been like, I that don't really sketchy. feel comfortable. Uh, just 
No, it's it's crazy. Now, you know, to piggyback off of something that you had said, because you didn't really know what the anime was and whatnot, for some of the roles that you had done after that, like, do you, like, what's the question I'm trying to ask here? Like, do you try to, like, dabble in a little bit of everything so that way you know what you're getting into before mm-hmm. you audition for it? Usually, yeah. Um, I know not everyone likes to kind of watch like the source material because they don't want it to influence their take on a character. But I think it's helpful. Um, I want to know the storyline and I want to know what that character arc is. So if I can watch the whole series, awesome. But if there's only like one episode out, I'll go ahead and watch it because it it gives me some sort of context for the lines. Um, Even if that's not necessarily important and they just want to see how you act like I, when I got the Horty Mia sides, I don't think any of it had come out yet. Um, if it had maybe the first episode, but I didn't watch it. I just recorded the sides, how I would say them, um, which I, I guess is what got me the role because, um, Caitlin, I guess had been asked like, what made you think that she was the right fit for the role? And Caitlin was like, it was refreshing and it was different. Um, And it's because I wasn't doing an anime read. I was just being right. me, <laughs> mm. which is really, really funny to think about. No, I yeah, think I was, it's the best route to go. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was about to say. Um, because it's like in the voice over class that I was talking about earlier. It's sometimes it's the best route to go. Like Trav said, it's just to be yourself. Because sometimes you could try to do an impression of somebody, or you could try to do an accent or something. And then say you were just doing that accent just for the read, right? But then it's just like the people, they're like, well, we want you to do that accent all the time. And if that's what they want, then that's what you're going to have to do. You know, have you ever been in a situation like that where it's just like you read it a certain type of way and it was just like, yeah, we want you to read it like like that all the time with that accent or uh, and the way you're talking or anything like that. I so it's interesting um, with Shadow's house. I play Lou and Louise and Lou is very subdued and like kind of monotone and flat. Whereas Louise is like very uppity and like I, in the first like couple of episodes when she appears, I pitched her pretty far up. Um, And looking back, I realized that that was a mistake because for me, that's not super sustainable. So she can have moments where her energy is really high and her voice goes up, but I can't consistently stay at that level vocally. Mm. Like I, I just physically can't. Um, so if you watch the show, you notice after a few episodes that her pitch comes down a little bit to where it's not as annoying and shrill because I realized that was not sustainable. (laughs) Um, so that's something I kind of learned the hard way, but it was a really good wake up call for me because I know exactly what my vocal type is. I know what my limits are. Um, Mm -hmm. and I know where it starts to sound really annoying in my range. And I don't want that to happen unless it's like truly a character choice. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been a good learning experience. <laughs> that's that's yeah. literally the answer to Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda not doing the accent anymore. Like that's legitimately the answer is it just wasn't sustainable for her to continue to do that accent as her character became bigger parts in the movie. Right. Well, and it, I think everyone would agree that the acting needs to come first. And so right. if your accent or your inflection or your pitch is impeding your performance, that's bad and, right. and, and it needs to change. <laughs> well, 
Let me ask you this, since you've got a number of stuff under your belt now, do you go back and hear stuff and be like, man, if I would have known what I know now, I would have did this this way or. Yes. (laughs) I think it all the time. Um, I've watched a couple of episodes of Horny Mia more recently um, because I watched it each week, of course, as it would come out last year. Mm -hmm. But I look back now and I'm like, I would have done so many things differently, but because I was still sort of green when it came to like true named roles and like having to quote unquote, carry a show. There are certain reads that I did or certain reactions that I did that I'm like, I don't like that, but that's how it is. And it's going to be immortalized forever. Yay. (laughs) So it's, it's kind of learning to accept it and be like, I know that I've grown since then. And that is by no means bad. It's just different. Different. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, again, you're next to Zeno Robinson, you know, one of the biggest names for the up and coming new age of voice actors. Now, I met that guy in person and I was like, oh, you are just a real human. You're just like us. Wow. (laughs) I thought he would be Hawks, you know, I was like, I don't know. Oh, we, hey, yeah, hey, I'm still sliding in Zeno's DMs. Too. He is, like, man. My hey, man's been trying. I've been trying. <laughs> I've been trying. It's like, I'll get close. And then after that, like, yeah, he pull flies the rug away out again, from but, him. Uh huh. So I want to ask you now, like, because you've done so many projects, uh, what are some animes or video games that are out right now that you would love to lend your voice to? Oh, <laughs> the fun question. Um, so the answer that probably everyone wants to give right now is Chainsaw Man. <laughs> Mm-hmm. yeah right mm. um that would be so freaking cool um genshin impact i would be happy just to be like an npc at this point mm-hmm. but to be an actual playable character would be like my god <laughs> like that'd be so freaking cool um i'd love to be in like fire emblem or um i i still love overwatch i know blizzard no. is kind of like a mess oh i'm um, still a huge overwatch fan myself But now that Overwatch 2, like, the beta's happening, and, like, I started playing the original Overwatch in the beta, like, six years ago. Right. And I have, like, a whole group of friends, and, like, this whole, like, story of, like, how Overwatch, like, changed my life for the better. Um, And so to be a part of, like, that particular franchise would be incredible, but to be in any Blizzard anything would also be incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd be like, yes, bucket list, let's go. Think of what else. I was gonna say, I mean, you know, we've we've interviewed a couple of uh Genshin Impact voiceover uh artists. So I mean, I, I like to say that, you know, once you come up here on leveling up with Benjamin Banks, you know, how the ether works, you get in the game and it's just like, you That's know true. what? It's because I was on leveling up with Benjamin Banks. There it is, there it is. We're leveling up. <laughs> I, exactly. Everybody that comes up here, they always level up, you know? 100%. And then they get breadsticks eventually. Yeah, eventually. And okay. I'd also yeah. I'd love to um be like a scrappy young male protagonist kind of like black star from soul eater uh-huh. like any <laughs> any kind of character like that that's just like a bucket list role for me and i'm like yes i don't care what show it is at this point just i just want to be that guy maybe you can be the next uh edward elric yeah there uh, we go uh hey then you know they keep on uh talking about uh the yu yu Hakusho revival that oh, people yeah, want and then hunter hunter's coming back so i mean you never know crazy there's the so guys. much, there's just so much happening right now. There's just so much. So, so have you know, you, <laughs> <go> ahead, <Metro>. <laughs> <laughs> have, have, I don't know what your anime intake was before, you know, this, cause you were so consumed with theater, but what is it now compared to what it was as far as you being involved in that world? I feel like I consume a lot more like manga and anime. Um, I, 
So the first, I don't even remember what year it was, to be honest, but the first anime I ever watched was Soul Eater. Mm, um, nice. Yeah. And I think that was a good start because that was what kind of like spurred me to think that I could do this um, because I heard Brittany Krabowski out of Black Star and was uh-huh. like, what do you mean there's a girl voicing a guy? That's a thing because yeah. in theater and film, it's so based on what you look like. And like, right, I yeah. feasibly couldn't, even if I sounded like it, couldn't play that unless they really changed my look. Um, so it was just really eye-opening to be like, it doesn't matter what I look like. It only matters what I sound like. Exactly. And I found that very freeing. So yeah, that performance in particular, thanks Brittany, um, really, really inspired me. And I was like, okay, maybe I want to actually kind of look into doing this for real. Um, so that's kind of what started my journey. And then Attack on Titan is the second one. Um, Cause that's, I feel like that's like what made anime mainstream. <laughs> you know, what's crazy. And I, and it's like when I, cause I do a segment or my own series called who's that cosplayer when I interview cosplayers and you know, the cosplayers that are a lot younger than me, they'll say that, that Attack on Titan was the first mainstream anime. And I'm just saying here, just like, man, when I was younger, I, I thought Dragon Ball Z was the first mainstream anime, you know? And it's funny because maybe, like, I, it doesn't, like, count to an extent, but, like, I grew up watching Kiki's Delivery Service and people right. are like, Studio Ghibli doesn't count. And I'm like, but it introduced me to a different form of animation that I wasn't used to. Right. Um, And I still love it. Like, I think it is so, ah, it's just so wholesome. And I was like, this is so pretty. Right. I don't know if you, well, you can't see because my chair's blocking it, but uh, I have Gigi right behind me. She's on the shelf. Yeah. That's, that's my favorite uh, studio Ghibli movie is Kiki's delivery service. Cause it was the first one I ever saw. And so it's like, it just holds a special place in my heart. And, to piggyback off of what you were saying, I remember on Facebook a couple of years ago, somebody had made this post saying, if you watch Toonami growing up, that doesn't count as real anime. And I'm just like, how? I mean, it was everybody's gateway into anime. Yeah, and, 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 and like they were showing anime. Up there. So like how, that statement, it didn't even make any sense. And he was just like, no. He's like, Dragon Ball Z is an I'm like, all right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. I remember when I was younger, I have a, uh, one of my, my male cousin is like three or four years older than me. And I remember he would watch Dragon Ball Z and I was so bored and could not figure out why he liked that show. And I look back on it now and I think that is so funny because I've watched DBZ abridged, which is not yeah. the same thing by any means, but it <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I was like, oh, this is what the show is kind of about. <laughs> In all fairness, a bridge has a much better story than the actual. It's so. You know. I heard. I it's think they so make good. It. <laughs> I've never watched it, but like I've I've heard nothing but good things about it. And um, something else too that I wanted to piggyback on when you were talking about uh, when it comes to voice acting, and it's just like say if you do want to voice a male character, you look at uh, Masaka Nazawa. She's been voicing Goku for decades now, you know. And I remember when she had said when they were transitioning Goku to an adult, she thought that they were going to replace her because, you know, they didn't need Goku as a kid anymore. But mm-hmm. because she had been voicing the character for so long, they was just like, no, you're going to continue voicing the character. So you just never know. It's just like, you, ah, I'm trying to think of a show. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a show like where there's a kid and then they grow up. They really don't do that anymore. I feel like that Not was, really. I mean, I guess in Naruto, I mean, yeah, because, yeah, because I, what is, I'm mad I can't remember I her can't name. I can't think of her that, name neither. That, she was in Lab uh, Rats, though, on Disney yeah. Channel. Is, isn't her, it's uh, Stephanie, right? She was the principal. 
I'm mad. I'm about to look it up. I feel so bad. But in all fairness, we're talking about a three-year difference. We're not talking about a child that Mm -hmm. became, um, you know, uh, a full-on adult. I mean, well, Naruto was a child, and then I mean, now in Boruto, they're an adult, and she's been she's been voicing Naruto since what the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah, about oh three. Yeah, and the same thing with One Piece. So I mean, you just you never know. It's like you might start off in one series and then. You're doing Dragon Ball Super and Super Plus Absolutely. and all that stuff. I mean, you just, you never know where your career is going to take you, you know, especially oh. too, if the fans love you. Now, and speaking of fans, um, have you ever been invited to any conventions to, you know, meet any of your fans? Or has it just been strictly just on Twitter, people praising you for your <laughs> So far, just Twitter. Um, I could have been part of a, like a virtual convention back in December. But my schedule, like family vacation schedule was up in the air at the time. And I was like, I don't know if I can or not. And then by the time I was like, I can do it. They were like, we're full. And I was like, oh, (laughs) Um, yeah. So I'm still waiting for my first like official convention appearance. But in the meantime, uh, people on Twitter are great. And I'm like, hey, you can go fill out like a guest request form Mm -hmm. on a convention website or like tweet at them. Or any number of things. And if you're like a, a convention appearance agency, hit me up. Yeah, I was going to say, do you have a con agent? Not currently. Um, I had reached out to one a couple of months ago and they were like, we just brought on a whole bunch of new talent, but reach out again in a few months. And maybe now it's almost been a few months. So mm-hmm. I might yeah. do that. And we've heard that before. I mean, sometimes, I mean, it, it sucks not getting on like right away, but I'm telling you, like when you get invited to a con and you meet, your fans and whatnot. Like we've had people up here before and, you know, they just share the stories of when they meet their fans at cons. And uh, yeah, it's yeah. always an amazing feeling because you, you're just like, uh, you know, I'm just a voice actor. Yeah. You know, I voice this character in the game, but then you meet you know, your fan and it's just like, you don't know how much you, you meant to me. And, you know, how, you know, hearing your voice and, you know, it helped me get through a rough patch in life. Like have you ever encountered something like that on Twitter with some of your fans? Somewhat. So when Hori Mia first came out, um, I would say after the first like five or six episodes, I had someone email me and they were like, I um, want to send you a letter. Is there an address I can send it to? Um, and so That's, I sent that. Sketchy, but... <laughs> I know. Yeah. So I was like, um, I don't technically take fan mail, but you can send it to Funimation studio address and they yeah. can get it to me. Uh-huh. And this was kind of when they were still trying to move to the new building. Um, So this person, I had completely forgotten about it. Um, They had sent it to the original Funimation address and it had gotten returned to them. And then I emailed them back and was like, I have a new address for you. And so then they sent a second one to the new address, but the first one in the meantime had made it to the new address because it was forwarded to it. So I ended up getting two of the same letter. (laughs) like a year later it took Uh, me a year to get these letters but i finally got them like two weeks ago um and i opened it and i was like oh my god i forgot that this was a thing um glitter bomb you yeah it was like it was like uh, feelings (laughs) i'm sorry to cut you it's it's like a uh stan Uh, the Eminem song. It's like I wrote you the letter. You never got back to. <laughs> Do you oh know who gosh. Eminem is? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was a really like heartfelt letter, and this person was like, um, "I was going through a really, really rough patch of my life, and this show saved my life." 
That's crazy. Because he was like, you know, Mia Morta's story is something I really relate to. And it showed me that it gets better. And I was like, oh my. Like, you don't realize the effects that art or something that you are in can have on a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and knowing that even just one person felt that way is like life changing. And I'm like, that's why I create. Like, that's why I do what I do. Yeah. Because all it takes is one person to change them. And I'm like, my job is done. And I feel like you can't really relate to them emoting those feelings to you. Cause like, you'll never understand what you're doing. Like musicians, for example, they won't understand the song that they wrote, what it did for somebody else. Like they'll appreciate it and stuff like that, that it touched somebody like that, but they won't really fully grasp how much it did for that person that's telling them. And it's just like that with any movie, anime, cartoon, stuff like all that stuff's so important. I mean, look at um, Owl House and Amphibia right wow. now and how important those two cartoons have been for up and coming LGBT girls and boys and non-binary yep. kids coming up, having that there for them. It's life changing. Yeah. Yeah. I just know um, it was at Hampton Comic Con. Uh, I want to say last year I had did a Q&A for uh, Diane Pershing and mm-hmm. she voiced uh, Poison Ivy on Batman the Animated Series. And when we were doing the Q&A, like one of the girls in the audience, she had said that when she was younger, she was in an abusive relationship. But when she would watch Batman the Animated Series and she would see Poison Ivy up there and, you know, how she was fighting the power and she didn't take shit from anybody. And it was just like that really encouraged her. And it gave her the motivation to get out of that relationship and, you know, pretty much fight back. So you just never know, you know, mm. who you're going to motivate and encourage to, you know, keep on fighting, to keep living. And that's one of the things I love about voice acting. You just never know. Yeah. And Banks didn't touch on this part, but this is a show that came out 20, year, 20 25 years ago. And she didn't even realize like how big the show was. Cause like, that's not her thing, you know, watching that sort of stuff. So sometimes you don't even know what you're portraying, how big it is to so many people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, something I wanted to touch on now like an emotional was because over here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's what we do up here, man. I mean, it can't just always be all fun and games, you know, but um, speaking of games, because, you know, you mentioned Got you it. would love to be in Genshin Impact and all that stuff. And, you know, you mentioned you played Overwatch. What are some of your favorite games that you love to play? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> so I don't play as much Overwatch currently, and I'm still not in the beta for Overwatch 2. So most of what I play right now is Genshin. Um, and I would say that takes up the majority of my time. And then um, I played through The Witcher 3, which I love. I still gotta play, still gotta play that game. Yeah, I like it. A lot. It's just a pretty, everything's pretty. Um, it kind of like Breath of the Wild. It's like, I don't know. I love games with like really good music and really like mm-hmm. scenic backgrounds and like character designs. That's like really important. I don't know. Aesthetic and all the voice games is really good. So do, you, yeah. so do you like the Persona, do you like the persona games? I do actually. Yeah. I, I like last surprise is on my freaking cardio playlist. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> Yo, did you play, did you play uh persona strikers? No. Because okay, look, I'm gonna send you the link because they did an updated version of Last Surprise and 
it's like I have Last Surprise on my gym playlist, but it's just like the newer version is just so much better because it's it's more uh it has more of a rock feel to it, you know, whereas the original is more of a you know jazz soul yeah. type feel. Yeah, no, yeah. You Get gotta you play Persona Strikers. It's the blood going. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I, and that's you know, to piggyback off what you were saying, like just those vibrant backgrounds and you know. That's I, that's why I love the Final Fantasy games mm-hmm. because it's just like just looking at everything that's going on, listening to the music. I'm on a Final Fantasy 10 kick right now, and uh, just listening to the music from that because that was my favorite Final Fantasy. Um, I love Final Fantasy 9, but it's like the more that I think about it, I'm just like, yeah, I think I like Final Fantasy 10 a lot more, even though some people don't like Final Fantasy 10. I I don't know. Have you ever played any of Final Fantasy games? I haven't, and I'm trying. To, I know I I watched my ex play through one. And it was like mostly underwater. Like there was some sort of like weird underwater soccer. Thing. Yeah, that's Final Fantasy X. Okay, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's Blitzball. Yeah, yeah, Blitzball. Yeah, Blitzball. Yeah. That's what but it was. I'm telling you, I'm now describing it as some weird underwater soccer thing. Yeah, because I'm just like, bored. bro. Because I'm just, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I'm just like, well, what weird underwater thing that we ever see in a Final Fantasy game? But no, I, I actually like that. There's some weird underwater soccer game. Good, good times. It did kind of pique my interest, though. Like, I never played it, but it looked oh, interesting. So like, I haven't played a Final Fantasy game. Mm-hmm. Well, stay away from 13. Uh, and don't you, say that because you never know. I mean, that's you true, You never know too. what somebody likes. Even though I'm not a fan Final of it, Fan- neither. You know, it's clearly yeah, got a fan base because it got three damn games out of it. So, you yeah, know. That's true. That's true. Well, I mean, I would recommend Final Fantasy 15 because it's it's one of those type of games where if you've never played the games before, it's easy to pick up. But also, if you have played the games for years, it's just like it's still challenging. So I, I would recommend that and then going back and checking out some of the other games. But Final Fantasy 10 is definitely a recommend. And I believe they're all on uh, like the PlayStation Network xbox all that stuff yeah, yeah they've re- them all up here. yeah they've re uh remastered pretty mm-hmm. much everything up to this point awesome you yeah. know from seven on yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. i wish d was here because see d he's our uh genshin, genshin. impact guy yeah, yeah and so like he will be able to ask you all the genshin impact questions but i know usually when we're not recording if I hit him up, he's just like, yeah, I'm just sitting here playing Genshin. I'm eating some dinner right now. And mm-hmm. every time there's a new character that comes out, like he always sends me oh, yeah, he always the, sends videos us the videos of the videos. characters. Yeah. And I know because uh, we interviewed Kira Buckland and Laura Post. And you can check out those interviews either on the podcast or you can watch the videos up here on YouTube. And he was just like, see, man, it's like we interviewed them up here on Loveland Up with Benjamin Banks. And then they got the parts in Genshin. And that's why I'm just like, yeah, you never know. You come you up here, know. you level up. Yeah, you never know. That's awesome. Now, one more question I do want to ask you is, are you looking to do any more like actual film and TV? Ooh, good or question. Or are you just really trying to stay behind the the camera now and just do audio work? That's, oh, I always love that. I would say within the past two years, um, my interest in film and TV work has kind of dwindled. Right. Mm. Um, I think a lot of it is like the, the, the wait around and like hope that it comes out. Like we're still in post-production uh-huh. um, and it's, it's like, okay, well it's been a year. Is our film ready yet? Um, so it's kind of, I just that waiting period is kind of frustrating. Um, yeah. I don't know. And I, of course with voiceover, sometimes you're going to have, you know, multi-year NDAs where it's like, well, we're still waiting for this project. to come out. Right. 
But to an extent, I think there's um, a quicker turnaround. And even if the turnaround takes longer, it's like the payoff is more rewarding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel at home here. Like I've always, um, even since I was in middle school, people were just like, I like your voice. And I was like, I don't know what that means. So <laughs> like, okay. I see. I feel like when people say that, like it, it really does mean something because I, I know that there will be times where like I would go and deliver something and like somebody would hear my voice and they'd be like, you have a voice for radio. And I used to hear that all the time. So when the time came to start the podcast, I was just like, yeah, man. I mean, people have told me that all the time. And, you know, one of the things I've always wanted to become a voice actor, there was three things in my life that I've always wanted to do. That's become a professional wrestler. Uh, do stand-up comedy and do voiceover. And I started taking the classes and I need to get back into it. Uh, you know, that's one of the things that we hear all the time too, is that um, if you really want to be a, you know, voiceover artist, it's something that you really have to give your time to, because yeah. like you said, I mean, like going back to the theater work and then doing the voiceover stuff, it's just like, you never know when you're going to get that call. It's just like, okay, we need you to do this session. And that session can, start at 9 a.m. and then go all the way to 9 p.m. You just never know what's going to happen. So. Yeah, it's it's a very, I, and I kind of knew like at a certain point, um, depending, because I was doing, I'm represented by my agency for film, TV, commercial, voiceover. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I, I would get auditions for all of the above. And at a certain point, I was like, okay, well, I also have my day job, which I have to keep because that's how I afford to live life. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> and I was like, so at a certain point, like something's got to give because I can't, I, I can't fully commit to all of these things. There are not enough hours in the day. Yeah. So I knew at a certain point, like I would need to pick my career path. And in a way, I think the path has chosen me yeah. um, because I found that my passion for film and TV work kind of dwindled and then voiceover is taking off at the same time. And I'm like, okay, that's the way we're going to go then. Yeah. I, like I totally that. feel that. Yeah. You know, you know, and to be honest, like that's kind of how I feel about wrestling sometimes. Cause it's like, I just came up on uh, 10 years being in the business and because of the pandemic, you know, I feel like it gave people, uh, you know, a reason to start doing other things that they've always wanted to do or, you know, maybe if they were already doing something, now they had a lot more time to do it. And that's how it was for us with the podcast. I, I want to say before the pandemic, it's like we were interviewing some voice actors and we were interviewing friends and stuff like that. But it was once we started putting our all into it and we kept getting guest after guest after guest. And I remember I would tell Travis, I was like, bro, man, I don't think we got to interview our friends anymore, you know, because it's just like we were just interviewing you know, so many people and like, you, just like you, for example, it's, you just never know where it's, the road is going to take you. And to go back to with wrestling, it's just, I still love it, but it's just like, I don't love it as much anymore, but it's, I still want to do it, but I would really love to, you know, just keep on interviewing people with the podcast. I would love to, you know, we go to conventions and whatnot and we interview people at the conventions and um, I would love to get into voice acting, you know? So it's like, I totally understand where you're coming from, where it's just like, if you love doing something at one point in your life, but it's just like, oh, now I'm starting to kind of dwindle away, but you still always have that opportunity to get back into it, you know? Exactly. And that's the other thing too, because I, I saw the demo reel of stuff that you had been in and I really like your presence. Like, I think you would be really yeah. good in a lot of like rom-com type of yep. movies and stuff like that. Like you just have that look that fits those particular style of movies. But like you said, what is, what is, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like quenching your thirst, you know, Yeah. for yeah. what you're doing. 
Because, I mean, there's so much work that goes into this, and you really don't – financially, you really don't get anything out of it unless you can finally hit that stride and actually make it lucrative. But if it's not uh, making you feel some sort of way, then what's the point of doing it, you know? Exactly. Yep. So, Marissa, we're here at the end of the interview. Thank you so much for joining us. And usually, D, he asks these final two questions. But because D isn't here with us, we don't know when he's going to get back. The speed right. force, it took shout him again. Yeah, shout out to D. Uh, Prav, I'll do the first one, then you can do the second one. The first question is, uh, what is one of your favorite 80s or 90s movie, or both? Oh, man. Um, I'm pretty sure it's an 80s movie. 16 Candles? I say 80s yep. movie. Yeah, that's 80s. Yeah. I was like, I'm pretty sure it is. I watched that for the first time at my grandparents' house. With my grandmother mm-hmm. when I was like 12. And then we were like, oh no, we should not be watching this. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's it's great. Um, some of it has not aged very well, but it's still funny. Oh, no. I still I still like it overall. Right. John Hughes in general has not aged very well over when you know when you break down his scripts, they're you know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just a classic. It's yeah, yeah. all the hits. Well, is there a 90s, you a 90s one that you uh yeah, one of your favorites? Look at like I don't remember. School. I feel like the '90s is hard because there was so much stuff coming out, like with Disney and you know other cartoon projects like Rugrats and action movies. Jackie Chan was popular. It's just it's just so much stuff that was coming out in the '90s that makes it hard. But I feel like we grew up in that generation, so yeah. Of course and I also I'm trying to think because I was born in '94, mm-hmm. and so like I was introduced to '80s movies. Because they were like kind of coming back in. I yeah, feel like same. I haven't really watched '90s movies. Like I've watched early 2000s movies. Yeah, I feel that it's like you remember everything from the early. Because like somebody had asked me what was my favorite '90s movie, and I was like, "Dang, like that's that's kind of hard, man." Oh, like, I, I, got, like, I got that answer. And what's your favorite '90s movie? Um, it ain't about it ain't about me answering questions hey. right now, sir. Bro, I mean, but you said you had the answer. <laughs> like, huh? My favorite movie from the '90s is The Matrix. Um, okay. That's fair. I mean, that's a good movie. Yep. That's a, good that's a great movie. I will. I mean, you know, since it's so great, Trav, go ahead <laughs> yeah. and ask the next question. That's right. So um, I know we talked about Chainsaw Man, and I'm ready for this, uh, this, this Chainsaw Man anime. But D likes to ask, you know, we're all big in a horror. We love horror films. Is there something as a kid that scared you, spooked you, stuck with you that, you know, May, and it don't got to be a movie. Maybe there was a doll that grandma had that was just creepy as hell. Maybe you had uh, shadow trees in your room at night, you know, that would whisper and say things to you. <laughs> you know, you had the stinky socks under the bed that when you looked, oh, it was a monster, snap. you know? Oh, it could have been a water bug. No you never water know. bugs. Okay, get ready to laugh. You would think this was a stand-up comedy bit. Um, as a child, I was terrified of automatic flushing toilets <laughs> they do kind of spook you when you don't expect them. real facts i wasn't like, finished I re- yet sir why are you flushing <laughs> i like up until i was like 10 i refused i would not use them like i would just wait like if we were on a road trip i'd be like no i'll just wait till the next time we stop like I- <laughs> <laughs> the best part about those is they either turn on while you're still doing your business or they just don't work at all and you can't flush yeah it's, right? it's, it's yeah. one or the other and it's like also- the old-fashioned one I was also super scared of uh, 
like I wouldn't sleep with like feet hanging off the bed because I was worried like someone was going to grab me and I would like be pulled under the bed into like hell. I don't know. Why I don't know where I go. No, I still, I I still do that. <laughs> my feet don't hang off the bed. I can't. Yeah, no way. No. That's funny. That's it's just I, like I just, my feet can't be outside the blankie. Nah, brother, them feet's got to get tucked or, you know, they could disappear real quick. Somebody could snatch them up. And uh, I, I don't know. I was never, for, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I usually have like a bunch of shoes blocking underneath the bed. So it's just like, I wasn't afraid of that. But definitely like if the closet door was open or something, I would think that there was somebody in the closet. Hey, we know about like my closet Franken's- door. Yeah, your closet door stay open. He ain't in there. He ain't in locked. there no more though. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and we, and yeah, we threw him. We kicked <laughs> him out. But no, but um, no, I, I totally, I totally understand that though. But no, Marissa, thank you so much for joining us. Like I said, you are Absolutely. awesome. Thank you. It was a fun time interviewing you. And before we let you go, let everybody in social media land know where they can find you at. Awesome. So, um, Twitter, I would say is probably where I'm most active these days, and it, my handle is at. M-A-R-I-S-A-D-U-R-A-N underscore because somebody took my actual name. Uh-huh. Um, uh. On Instagram, it is just my name though, at Marissa Duran. And then on Facebook, I have a fan page that you can like and follow and it is Marissa Duran Actress. No, I changed it. Marissa Duran Actor? I changed it recently. It's one of those. You'll Just find it. You my face Duran on it. You'll know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just like when you type in Benjamin Banks, I'm I'm the first person to come up. If not, then I need to contact Mr. Zuckerberg. That's right. You know what I'm, I'm saying? saying. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all we're saying right now. Trav, Woo. you know, I, I just feel Woo. so bad, man, because it's like it, it just sucks. Because as soon as D was about to say something, it's just, he just disappeared like that. What's going on? To the atmosphere. God, He's always like, right you know, here, right here in our hearts. Hey, the reverse flash keeps on trying to take him out, and hey, you can't take I, out so our man, that, though. Huh? You can't take out our man, though. Yeah, he'll he'll be back. He'll, you see, he came back. He was uh, he was pleasant. D. He wasn't rebellious anymore. He might be doing now, that uh, that that new season of Superman and Lois. That's true. You know, I mean, we said that we wanted some cameos up there, but no. Yeah, Marissa, she was awesome, bro. I'm glad that we were finally able to interview her. Uh, you know, she's somebody that said that she saw us keep appearing up on the news feed and whatnot. And, you know, we saw her and the ether, it just connected and things, uh, they came out good. They came for out everybody. great. Came out uh, awesome. So came with that being said, make sure that you go and follow her on all of her social media accounts and, uh, you know, show her some support. Let her know that you listen to the interview and let her know that she's an awesome person. Trav, let them know where they can find you at the social media land. That's right. You can find me on the Instagram at ZK Audio. I am on the Twitter at T-R-A-V-I-O-S-Z-K, where I'm also on Letterboxd, where I am ranking and rating my daily movie watches. And of course, where they going to find podcast number one hero at. Well, before I say where you can find me at, make sure that you follow Rebellious D at Rebellious underscore underscore D23 on Instagram.com, as he would always say. Mm. And uh, you can find me here on Benjamin Banks at King Benji underscore Banks on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on Facebook at Benjamin Banks. I should be the first person to pop up. If not, then I need to contact Mr. Zuckerberg. Please make sure that you go and follow all of the Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks social media accounts at Leveling Up Banks. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Subscribe to us on YouTube. It's at Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks where we have interviews, reaction videos, reviews, all that good stuff. We are almost at 1,000 subscribers. So please subscribe. Help your boys out. And then thank you to our patrons who donate to us all the time because 
you make sure that you keep the AC on in this hot summer weather. As it's like that song, it never rains in Southern California. Mm-hmm. It never rains here in Virginia. Sometimes it snows, but we don't know. It's gonna and be raining all next gonna, week. Yeah, it's gonna it, no, bro. It's gonna be snowing all next week, and it's gonna be 92 degrees outside. But um, and then if you are feeling generous and would love to donate to us, our Patreon is at Leveling Up Bank. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this week's episode. Stay safe. Stay cool. Have a fun summer. We'll see you next time on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. Peace.